Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzari Financial Services and Anderson Augustino in Keller. With Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson, I'm Tim Priester. It's the day after Notre Dame's early signing day. 21 players put their name on the dotted line. There's still a chance of a couple more, perhaps as early as today with Asa Turner and Isaiah Foskey, uh, probably down the road. But, uh, guys, just uh, segment one, and we do have questions. We solicited questions about the, the recruiting class for segment two, but just a, a couple of overall impressions. I mean, I thought it was a good class, and I thought more significantly it's it's healthy that any sane person looks doesn't look at this class and be like, well, this is the guy that's going to save Notre Dame football. Like, this is the real difference maker. Like, it's a good class with some quality players, but Notre Dame has recruited well enough over the last few years that I don't think there's anybody in this class, similar to last year in some ways, where you look at it and say, this is the guy Notre Dame needs to come in and play right away. I know that everyone wants to write the freshman contributor story before the guys show up, but Notre Dame doesn't really need a freshman contributor anymore, and that's a that's a healthy position to be in. Yeah, not the most important thing, but I'm trying to think of a freshman contributor right away, and you know, I mean, I guess by position, the defensive tackle would be somewhere where you could get some help next year. Jacob, in, yeah, in I think J- Jacob Lacey's in a position to be on the depth chart right the, away. Uh, prediction. Of our season next year, when you when we do our August no. predictions, that's well. That's you don't want if you have freshmen coming in and making yeah. significant contribution. That's a overall. It's a bad thing. What I like about the class is that it's it continues to build your foundation and your base, offensive and defensive linemen. I like you know the vast majority of the offensive linemen and you know defensive line. I think Lacey's on the depth chart. I think if you add Foskey, ultimately with. Uh, Osafa Menso, you've Osafa Menso, you've got a really nice tandem of defensive ends. So, you know, I, I look, I've done this for 37 years, so I'm not going to sit here and call any class, you know, great in the, you know, killer. killer. Yeah. I'm no, I'm probably not going to use that term because I've seen too many of them. But I like the I like the foundation and base of this class, and that varies. That's cyclical based upon needs, but. Uh, Notre Dame has won 22 games in the last two years because they've been a lot stronger with Matt Bayless and they've been good in the trenches, and I think this solidifies the trenches for them moving forward. I think the most important word you used there was continue. It's not a start of anything. It's just a continuation of yes. some of the good things they're already doing. I think that 1-21 to 21, in terms of fits at Notre Dame, it's a really easy class that way. Yep. Um, and you know, Every year there are two, three, four guys I think we look at and be like, oh, okay, how's that guy going to hack it? And Notre Dame, how's that guy going to fit in? I don't see that with anybody right now. That's a that's a change. The intention to relocate your resources from Florida to Georgia, I think, really paid off. Um, I think the, the Kyle Hamilton, J.D. Bertrand uh, combination, then you know K.J. Wallace as well. Really, they're two of their best, probably their two best defensive backs, um, and then a good linebacker. It's all those guys come from private schools, high academics. That plays into the whole fit aspect of it. So, and I thought, you know, probably the healthiest thing is the fact that the signing day press conference was not this dog and pony show where they have a four hour in house video and like video highlights of everybody. They've dialed like, that they, back a little well, bit. Well, they've dialed it back and then they kicked us out after 45 minutes because, hey, they have to get ready for the college football playoff. Right. That's the healthiest part. It's just like, this is just something that happened yeah, on a Wednesday. And can we get back to the Clemson game, please? That's, that's the healthiest part spot for Notre Dame to be. I think to sum up the class for me is if you're going to have what is a good class and not a massive difference-making class, 
not that these rankings are right, but six of my top eight guys are linemen, offensive or defensive. Right. So yeah, that's the place to hit it, right? I mean, that's where that makes you solid going forward. That's where you absolutely have to be solid going forward is have your lines be good. Yeah. And then the rest can fill and those in guys are good. I mean, those offensive linemen, uh, 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 Carroll and Correll and Christophic, those are some yeah. nasty SOBs, and that's what you like. And, you know, they talked about length yesterday, and if you get Foskey – the length that you get with him and and Lacey at, at tackle. Lacey reminds me of Tommy Harris. Remember Tommy Harris yeah. from Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Now, he was a first-round draft choice. I'm not saying he's right, a first-round right. draft choice, but he is in that, that, that shape and form of an Oklahoma interior defensive lineman. I don't think... You know, I, some people are well. You know, why aren't they in the top five? That's just—is that realistic for Notre Dame? When well, you, I mean, when, I think it's you have to cross off Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, right now, so yeah. that leaves three spots left in the top five for everybody else. Um, I think you know, in twenty-four-seven, what the top four did it go? Alabama, Georgia, A and M, LSU. Yep. So that's your that's your top four. I mean, it's. The big leap was Oregon, probably. This yeah, year. they made it. That was that was the class that I think surprised everybody. I think Arkansas had a really good class, but Oregon was in the top, top seventh ten. or something. Yeah, I just, I mean, I've never. I think that <laughs> if you're in the top five, there's a big difference between fifth and tenth. But I think there's once you get past five or four, even like I don't think there's a huge difference between right. eleven and, and seven. Right, and, and and which really is kind of the way I feel about this class. I think after the first seven or eight. I, I, it's, I think it's really difficult to rank them yeah, I, after the first seven or eight because there's some size issues. For all the talk about length, Bertrand doesn't have length. Wallace doesn't have length. Cross doesn't have length. I know they're. I think they're generally talking about the guys up front, mm-hmm. and I see that in the DNs, and I see that in Lacey to a large extent. Spears has has some length too for an interior defensive lineman. But it's not realistic to expect Notre Dame to be third or second. There was a day when people would rank Notre Dame that way, but that wasn't necessarily a, an accurate depiction, I think, of how Notre Dame recruited. Well, just, you look at these are the these are the top five teams. Number of five stars they signed: three, five, two, three, one. Notre Dame is at zero. Kyle Hamilton is close. So you're the top five, top six, top seven teams are all signing multiple five star guys. Notre Dame's, I think, they're fortunate to get one every other year. Um, so that's that's just a reality that they're living with. I, I guess I just don't see it as that big of a deal. I, I don't either. And I think the expectation to get five stars, five stars are going to choose the path of least resistance to the NFL. And choosing Notre Dame is not what five-star guys are going to want to do. Does that make any sense? I mean, I, I think that's true generally. Um, you know, it's like the five-star guys in basketball. It, they're not, you know, they're not three and done is different than one and done. But you look at the the guys who have been ranked five stars that Notre Dame has signed recently, Chris, Rudolph, Floyd. Um, you're getting into, like, I guess Kyle Hamilton this, this year. Two it was really sort of like, and Lynch were both sort of like, wow, that yeah. that's not a guy that you would think would end up at Notre Dame. But you know, Dalen Hayes, I think on Rivals was a five star. Jalen Quentin Nelson was a five star in some places. Jalen Smith obviously was a five star everywhere. I think you're just you're looking for guys that fit what you want to do. And like if if there was a five star that I think from the Midwest who went to a Catholic school, I think he probably would have ended yeah. up at Notre Dame. The problem is they there just isn't. Yeah, yeah. I th- and I think tight end. I think if you had like, yes. like Rudolph, if there's I mean, a five star tight, tight end, end you yes. might, you or well, a Mike, uh, Michael yeah. Mayer, uh, 
coming in next year. I don't sure. know if he's going to be elevated to that level, but he's he's really really good and long. Um, yeah, I, I just you know I I, I know so, you know why can't they do better? Well, because there's just some some built in limitations. How, how can you? I mean, how can you criticize? the recruiting effort of this staff now. I, I, I find that really hard to believe. Sometimes 10 is the best you can be. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the expectations should be. This is going to eliminate our first question at this point for, the, for, the, for burning up the boards, but I think people just want to see the opposite of what I said, or in addition to having linemen, like you and I rated them so highly, the lines. Yeah. They want to see two major difference makers, too, because everybody wants that, but number two, they're 12-0. Well, I would agree, right. and and should and they have gotten two and three? Too, should, it's not like they yeah. had a bad year last year when they were recruiting right. these guys. Should they have gotten a more higher high profile running back? Yeah, they they That's probably a, should have, and there may be some built in reasons why they didn't. So I think that's why people are upset. It makes sense to it makes sense to think Notre Dame's Joe Moore Award and Joe Moore Award semifinalists should include a better running back, right? I think that's that's the one if you were gonna nitpick something about this class I think that would be a fair thing to bring up That's and I don't and I wouldn't nitpick quarterback because you're in between Jerkovic and Pine yeah and it's, I like Clark too for, for the in between I mean, I, quarterback yeah, no think, for the in between quarterback right I exactly I think I think Brendan Clark's a touch passer and he has to be more than that mm-hmm. to to really excel on the next level but I think he has a lot of intangibles one of which is he can run the read option he, he man. looks faster than he, he's listed no, for sure he, he, he can he can he can play the position you know, I mean, guys like Kaiser, I know people are going to have questions. He's a 1A player from Indiana. We're just going to have to to trust Chark, Ch- uh, Clark Lee on that for now. Just I, sounds bad to say. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. You know, or, or again, you talk about length. Litchfield, Ajavon. I mean, he'll knock you into tomorrow, yeah. but he doesn't have great length. Yeah, I mean, they've there are some guys in this class that, in like in every other single class Notre Dame has ever signed, <laughs> And probably almost every other school in the country that you just you got to wait and see. I mean, when they, when they signed Matthias Farley, I was like, that is a huge reach. I don't understand this yeah. one at all. And then he turned into basically and a three he, and a half year starter yeah. and plays in and the he NFL. Could, he, you know, and that's you got to measure. Is this a football player? That's why I like JD Bertrand, despite this, despite the fact that he doesn't have great stature. I always have at least one player where I'm just like, okay, I've watched film of him. And I just still don't really know. I I, th- I think it's healthy to be able to admit that. I just I don't know. And yeah. my guy is Isaiah Rutherford. I just don't know. Really? I mean, there, yeah, I think there's a good. I'm not saying that that's. He's I mean, not that's saying a good, bad. But I'm not He's, saying bad. I think that's a a good body with good potential. But mm-hmm. most of what I saw of him was as a running back. They project him as a corner. I just don't. I just don't know right now. I don't know. Do you have anybody like that? Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm most interested in Kaiser. Um, I think among the guys that I think you guys maybe are higher on than I am, um, you know, Hunter Spears is, is somebody with a, the double ACL, you know, the inside outside. And then I, I do like David Lacey. I think that you guys maybe like him a little bit more than I do. No, you like his dad if you yeah. say David Lacey. No. Oh, actually, yeah, <laughs> Jacob Lacey. I do like his dad. Um, and then we all like his dad. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, like I went, you guys all really like Kyle Hamilton, uh, but I want to say that I like him the most. <laughs> I mean, I went down and did a story. Yeah, you got a better perspective on like, all of us. I just don't. I I see no way that that guy is not so, a star at Notre Dame. So you're so what you're seeing, 
and, and, and again, I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at film and I fully admit that the missing ingredient is I don't get an opportunity to, to, to speak to these guys. And that, you know, that's a missing ingredient. You spent time with Kyle Hamilton. So part of what your judgment is, Pete, there's a, there's a level of maturity there that yeah. matches the physic the physical ability. Yeah. I mean, the physical ability, it's like, I mean, how often do, you know, when we would go to the rivals five-star challenge or the opening or any of those events, like you're, you're next to the kid and you're like, Oh, you're bigger than I thought, or you're smaller than I thought. Like, I remember feeling that way, you know, when we met Alex Barris for the first time. Yeah. Like, God, this guy's Holy huge. cow. Yeah. Hamilton I, I, was something similar because he's listed at 6'3 plus. And you're like, yeah, okay. You get there and he, he feels like he's more like 6'4. Yeah. Um, you know, super mature kid. And then just like the training aspect growing up around NBA, NFL players, uh, LSU football. Like he is a, a elite, unique prospect who doesn't consider himself, I think, to be either of those things because he's just been around. Like he's he's common for his environment, which is like the highest of oh, the high that, end. Yeah. No, that's so it's like he doesn't sort of see himself as like I've made it. It was just like, well, I'm sort of on pace to be where all of my you know, role models and you know mentors yeah. are. Um, and I think that's just that's a really unique, healthy place to be. Uh, and then just he's. You watch his senior highlight tape, and God, he just keeps getting better. It's amazing that play like you watch him, and he, like it looks like he's in third gear the whole time, but he's like hawking everybody down. There are only a few plays where you see him like that's really why. cut it loose, and you're like, oh my god, right now. So that's why when you talk about freshmen making a contribution, it's like okay. I mean, not that he, not that he's going to beat out either one of this the two starters of safety. Not, yeah, means they have two good. No, seniors. no doubt. But I mean, that's a guy that he's the third. You can get him on the field in passing situations. Yeah, absolutely. There, right? I don't. I mean, I don't know if Notre Dame's coaches will admit this on the record, but I have been told, like, and I believe it, that they want him to come in and play. Give me ten snaps for Alohi. Give me ten snaps for Jalen. Oh well, that's great because we don't want to play Jalen and Alohi as much as we're playing. Wow, I, and and you can understand that. I think that that's great. But I also know that a year ago at this time, I thought Derek Allen was going to come was going to come in and com, and compete. Yes, so did I. Yeah, and that didn't happen. Sure. I, uh, I also know that I was really high on Josh Barajas and Darnell Yule. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, seriously, seriously, at the end of the day, I mean, I think I'm seriously, pretty, what do I know? I mean, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. I've been doing yeah. it for a long time, but at the end of the day, you, you, you're wrong. And, and I'm the amateur, the, the, the coaches are wrong. They're, they're the ones that yeah, judge they it were, and they're they were wrong. high on those two as well. Yeah. They're, they're frequently wrong too. So it's, it's an exact science. And that's why when, you know, it's like. Oh, well, you liked, well, yeah, because he's human and I'm human and you're going to make mistakes and on it. I think Pete's point about seeing Hamilton is a good one because I will never forget that these are contrasts. The first time I saw Cole Komet and Josh Barajas. <laughs> and I was like, what? And whoa, <laughs> those were the two things. I was like, I didn't see him looking like that when I watched the tape. And yet, and yet we, yeah. all had, we all had... I, I, we all had Brock Wright right ahead of Cole Komet. Yeah, yes. Brock Wright. I uh, I love Brock Wright blocking coming out of high school, yeah. and he's a good. Well, that's blocker, what, he, that's what I, he's I just, really good I at. Then I saw but... Cole Komet at a practice, and just like, yeah, that dude you can should, run because if you that should, dude can run, you should see his presence on a baseball mound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. that's a... <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about pro, a, a left hand, a big, a six five, two hundred fifty five pound left hander on the mound? I'm glad I. Used up my eligibility a long time ago. Yeah. There are a lot of freshmen when the first time you see them, you're like, "Was I? What was I looking at?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I it might have been with you, Pete. 
although maybe not. We we were on the sideline. It was when Tavon Coney visited Notre Dame, and I and I was under the impression, and he's not very tall, but I was under the impression he was shorter. And I remember seeing him on the sideline before the game. I'm like, you know what? Okay, he's he's tall enough. That'll work. Um, just talking to Joe Schmidt the other day, he is astonished at the progress Tavon Coney has made since he first came oh, in. Oh, sure. I think he a lot of people are. Yeah. 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 In fairness to Tim, Julian Love was your number one guy. He Not was number my, one ranked no, guy. No, my number, my three-star number, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like to take But I didn't yet. think, I, no, I never sucks. imagined he'd be this good. On that note, do I get credit for Kevin Stafferson or does it go away? No, I think you get. No, I think you get credit for that. You get credit for that. I think the coaching staff would still like to have him on the team just yeah. with like a different personality. Yeah. All right, we've got a ton of questions, and we've gone pretty long here in the first segment, so we're going to be quick hitting in segment two. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The college football playoffs are here, and getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off. Your first SeatGeek purchase, starting with a question from Irish Style. If you had to label one prospect from the 2019 recruiting class as the most important get, who would it be and why? This isn't necessarily the best player, because I think we're all in agreement that it's Kyle Hamilton, although you could say him as well, Uh, and I still may, but I'll let you guys go first. Osafa Mensa is mine, because uh, Notre Dame is playing in this game, because I have Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara, Dalen Hayes. And doesn't relate to him, but Jerry Tillery, that's why they're playing in this game. They played in the 2012 game because they had Stefan Tuitt, Capra Lewis Moore. Yeah. It's the most important get for me. You can always compete when you have very good defensive edges and interior, and that's why Clemson is a big problem. I agree with everything O'Malley said. I have nothing to add. It's not on Safa Mensa. Yeah, you agree with that as well. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I guess if Isaiah Foskey is included in this class, I might say him. Um, I'm looking forward to Kyle Hamilton making an early contribution on the back end of the defense. Yeah. I think that would be 
It, it, not necessarily. I mean, it would just be helpful to the two guys that are back it's there. It's not not him, right? And, and <laughs> not to mention, I mean, if if he's involved in nickel and dime in any way, yeah. there's a vast, significant improvement. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Hamilton because I, you, you always need edge rushers, certainly. Uh, but I, I'll go with Hamilton because I think that look, we've talked all year about nickel and dime being an, an issue, and they'd be a whole lot better if he was playing on that unit in 2018 going yeah. into this game. <laughs> they were playing a freshman anyway. <laughs> so right. it would be good to play one that's right. massive. Right. At Gimme Jimmy 1, which of the 2019 signees do you think has a strong case for a five-star ranking? There's only one. There's only one with a strong case, right? Yeah. Kyle I think was, yeah, because yeah. I think you know, Kyle Hamilton for sure is the answer here. I think then maybe it's a the more interesting is like, well, why why don't you think other guys have a case? Like I think for Zeke Carell, very hard to be a five star center. Right. Um, That's yeah. I think that he'll be a really good college player, but he is not he's not put together like Quentin Nelson was at this stage. No. Um, like he just doesn't have the genetic width that Q had. So there's I don't think anybody else Hamilton is the only guy in the class where physically I look at him and say, like, there is something incredibly unique about the way you are put together. Uh, I think everybody else is sort of built for their position, and a lot of them look really good. But like, there's something about Hamilton you look at and be like, okay, that's just a little bit different than than the guys that you would naturally see at safety. And I think uh, going on that line, Carroll will end up at guard. And I think if I thought he could play tackle, then that would be the next person to say. But I don't think he would be. I don't like him projecting a tackle, no matter what they say now. So and I Brian think, Kelly yeah. said that yesterday, but we've heard that every you know, time. Before. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying. I think Carol and Carell have five star qualities. That's one of the phrases I like to use when I'm doing a a, a film review. Their motors are just, yeah. ridi- I mean, really yeah. ri- ridiculous. And, and 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 Quinn Carroll's pad level is really really good. I mean, he's aggressive every play. But five stars, five star. There's only how many five? How many guys end up being sure the five? Thirty two. Like there's yeah. thirty two first round picks, thirty two five stars. I think it's a good. Oh, yeah. Parallel there. I mean, I think he's. I think. I think both those guys are kind of nipping at it. And I would put. I would put. I had Carroll second on the on my overall list behind Hamilton. So I think he's nipping at that level. But I had him <laughs> he's third good on my enough. list too. Yeah, I like. I had him third and fourth on my list. Those two. But I. I guess when I look at offensive linemen. I have trouble ever saying five-star offensive lineman other than maybe in retrospect, you're like, why wasn't Ronnie Stanley a five-star offensive lineman? And then, of course, Quentin Nelson. But other than that, I can't think of a single guy in the last, other than, I guess going back to Sam Young, where I would think that's a five-star offensive lineman coming to Notre Dame. Yeah, you're right. It's tough. I don't think, I I think revisionist history, I was thinking that I kind of hinted at that with with Nelson, and I I went back and looked and Mm -hmm. I didn't. You've heard me say before. The only time I ever said first round draft choice was Harrison Smith. Was Harrison yeah. Smith. I said it with Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> I, I I think that he he looks like a first round safety pick three or four years from now to me. Uh, at struggle bus Gus, could Zeke Corral push Trevor Rulin for starting center next year? At some point during the year. Yeah, I could see it. Um, on at Louisville, probably not. But I do think I think Zeke Carell will be would be pretty advanced with the early enrollment aspect yeah. of it too. Um, he's healthy. He doesn't he doesn't have any like medical things that are going to get cleaned up. And in terms of the ability to move, 
that's pretty rare. And I also think like Trevor Rulin is, is a fine college player, but it's not like he's, it's not like Zeke Carell's coming in and has to, is battling Sam Mustafer for the job. Or, yeah, he wouldn't. Or Nick Martin. He wouldn't take it away from right. um, junior year Sam Mustafer, yeah. first year starter. Obviously, he's not taking it from fifth he's year starter Sam Mustafer, but yeah. you got to run stuff up there is the only reason. There's two reasons I, I think it's tough. You got to run it all up there. And what Pete, you said is that the, how he has kind of dedicated himself to shape his body, that's still new weight, right? Newish weight when you're that big. So you, you got, have to adapt. You do to have to that. adapt to mm-hmm. playing against guys as big as you that have had yeah. that weight for oh, a while. Oh, for sure. Like McGlinchey, when he put on, remember McGlinchey was over 300? He's like, I called my mom. I can't believe I'm over 300 pounds. Three years later, we're looking at Mike McGlinchey like, you weren't always 315 pounds since birth <laughs> yeah. because I think yeah. it just takes guys a while. Yeah, well, and yeah, we don't yeah. give. He was a tight end. I, you know, he, Trevor Rulin is a technician, and we don't know, you know, exactly how Corell's technique will translate to the next level once he starts competing against guys like that. You know, when he's dealing with, uh, uh, you know, Kurt Heinisch next year on the right. You know, how are you going to deal had, with what that? If he had Jerry Tillery. In camp, right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, look, we all like, we all love Corell. <laughs> He's he's going to be a good football player, but I think it's going to be difficult, it, it, Pete. As you say, especially early on, it's really impossible I guess for like, him to beat him out at, to, at that point. Yeah, I mean to clarify my answer, I guess not impossible. The answer is no. Um, I don't think he's going to push him for the starting job, but <coughs> he's definitely I, number two. I, I think he's a guy who could play four games or less. <coughs> yeah, that's like you know, kind of a Jared Patterson type of year. And he yeah. might be a guy that if something happens, you're and he's in there, you're not. It's not catastrophic. Right. Uh, and I think we should give some Rulin some credit. He's probably a better center than he is a guard. It's just they don't need him at center right now. Mm-hmm. They need him at guard. And people are judging him as a guard. He's, yeah. He'll be better at center than yeah. he's a guard. At Dan O'Brien, 1970. Oh, skipped one. Way to go, K-Man, one of our favorites. What non-star, what non-four-star are you most excited about? And TJP would like to counter with, which four-star are you least excited about? <laughs> which, because that is the reality of these things, right? <laughs> I'm not sure that we necessarily have to answer that. That was that was kind of for you guys to look at and not a, not say out loud. I like it. It's apparent that. All right. Well, uh, P, go ahead. Non uh, non four star. I think for me, I'll go Maris Leofile, Um because I, I just think that I, I have no idea where his body is going to go. Um, you know, and I, I think I've probably said on previous podcasts that. You look at the guys that are named as recruited from Hawaii. They have all played better than what than their recruiting ranking, Manti Teo included. Um, so I think there's there's a good track record that if he's cut from the same classes as other guys, that he'll come in and overachieve and probably be a multi year starter and a real contributor. But I think those those guys who come from you know the Polynesian backgrounds, you know. Is he going to be two forty in two years? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because he's not. You know, he's not a good linebacker size right now. Right. So that's going to take a little bit of time. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of upside with him. I like him a lot. My my choice is uh, Kendall Abdur Rahman, who um, first of all better learn how to tuck the football away. He he carries it. <laughs> he has a tendency. <laughs> yeah, I trust that he will because he has a tendency to carry it in one hand, partly because. He's a quarterback, I guess, but when he takes off, he doesn't always tuck it. But that that'll be taken care of. I think he's a he's a pretty spectacular athlete. Brian Pulley made a comment uh, yesterday that you know, he's a quarterback. How do we know that he can be a receiver? Because nobody can ever catch him. So you got <laughs> you, you know you get the ball in his hands. He's a, he's a great athlete. He 
you know, I'd say second best athlete to Kyle Hamilton, but as far as just pure speed and explosiveness, he's, you know, Hamilton's a little bit bigger. So, I mean, it may actually be Abdur Rahman. Um, that would be my choice. Um, Tim, who do you got? I would barely break the tie and say Abdur Rahman too, but it's between those two, and I don't, maybe it's not fair, but I don't really consider the other three is someone I'm super excited about. It's wait and see. Because I think, I like Brendan Clark, uh, but I do believe he's an in-between quarterback because of who they recruited behind him and in front of him. But I enjoyed his tape more than I thought I was going to. How's that? There was a, that's well, the best way to say yeah, it. Yeah, the athleticism yeah. there. I, my, my problem is that everything he throws is a touch it, pass. And it's all predetermined reads, but that's all going to change too. It's not like, we can't. I, you can't even look at that guy and know what he's going to be. Right? It's, it's so hard on film to think what yeah. that quarterback is going to be. He's also not going to be running over people when he runs through the line so easily. It's just a different world. Um, that's why I lean towards the athlete. Uh, for the record, there are six three-stars According to 24-7 Sports, they are Brendan Clark, Abdul Rahman, Maris Leofau, Cam Hart, who I know Notre Dame likes. Uh, he's, he's a smooth operator out there. Uh, Jack Kaiser, the, the linebacker from Indiana, and then Jay Bramblett, the, the, the punter. So we don't have, a, I guess, a ton to choose from uh, as, as far as who we like. The, Jay Bramblett, the most, most likely to start next year. Ah, well, that's that's very true. I would like to see him... Early enrolling punter. Yeah, I, which is really good. I'd like to see him drive through the football a little bit more. We're, I, I think we're kind of spoiled by Tyler Newsom's... <laughs> I think we've had... We're four years removed from you hating punters. <laughs> it's been, a, it's been it is time. I, yeah, but... We're a solid you, time removed. There were a couple times I threw my pen when, <laughs> yes. when Newsom... But he does average 25 yards a kick for his career. Yeah, no, but when Newsom's punt landed outside (laughs) the back of the end zone, I think there were a couple times where Penn flew. But um, There's an outright hatred for punters for a good decade, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Four-star least excited about? Um, Hmm. Who are our options? Everybody else. Everybody Everybody else. else. The other 15. You know, I... I think John Olmstead, I felt like, was a three-star prospect who was, was rated as a four-star from the get-go. And I think my my thing with offensive linemen is, like, one of the reasons I like Zeke Carell is there's a lot of upside for him to grow into. Whereas I think Olmstead's going to probably have to take a step back in the weight room, you know, maybe shed and then rebuild. I, high school guys who are 300, I feel like rarely, Quentin Nelson being an exception maybe, but, like, usually it's like, you get to college, you have to sort of weight train a little bit differently. You lose some weight, you put it back on. Um, so I I guess I, I felt like John Olmstead was maybe a little bit more of a, a developmental guy than, than what 24-7 and rivals would have said. I agree in that over the – I did this for Monday Musings once. I went back and did every offensive line class. I did a hit rate thing. What do you hit most on offensive linemen, corners, safeties, all that. Offensive line was the highest, and they have never – nor will they ever hit on all offensive linemen that come in when there's at least three. Never. And since I like the other three so much, I'm sticking with Olmstead on that one too. There's yeah. no way you don't. It's you don't. They're not all going to hit, which is why you need four and five more mm-hmm. often than you need yeah. two and three. Now, I'm in agreement there. Um, next question is from at Dan O'Brien, 1972, and I'm checking our site right now to <laughs> see if our rec- recruiting guys have anything on this. And the question is, any update on Asa Turner? And then what is Isaiah Foskey's timeline? Well, I mean, with Foskey, I think the expectation is that he'll he'll go to the the former Army All-American Bowl, now just the All-American Bowl. 
commit to Notre Dame there, you know, get the announcement, and that'll be it. Um, and that is, um, that's in a couple weeks. That is the Saturday after the Clemson game. So that's that I that I feel highly, highly confident in. Asa Turner, I, I just don't know, and I don't think he knows what's going on right now. Yeah, I, I think he wouldn't have postponed. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> Notre Dame has recruited him to the point that he's his head is just has been spun around, and he's not sure what he wants to do. And Washington's not happy about it. I feel like most programs are not happy yeah. when they have somebody yeah. <laughs> recruited away from them that's been coming um, for six I, months. My guess would be, <laughs> and I, I, I this is this isn't a guess. I mean, I. I we're all pretty confident that Foskey ends up in Notre Dame. I, I like him a lot. The frame is exactly what you're looking for in a defensive end. I think there's great upside there. I think he ends up on the weak side because he has more drop capabilities, whereas Osafa Mensa is going to get bigger. And he's a guy, you just want him going upfield, right? I, I love that tandem for the future, yeah. man. No, I think, a- it's a, I think it's a good fit. Asa Turner, I'll say Notre Dame won't get him. I would say the odds are probably that they – they won't. You think they dropped just when he decided to delay it yesterday? No, I not, felt like it was about. I don't know, I feel not like he necessarily. I just think. Yesterday. I just think that and when then, it comes, but with that indecision, when it comes down to it, that's what I mean. I didn't mean delay. To, I meant indecision. Yeah, with that indecision, he's going to. My guess. I don't. I don't. I don't know. My guess is that he's going to choose the what the quote safer pick for him. Uh, you feel that's that a way? place he's been committed to for six yeah. months, right? He just right. know he knows so, Washington better. Yeah. At Matty Mill 324, there is definitely a trend in college football, and I will interrupt and say it's not a trend. It's been going on for 100 years. For highly recruited quarterbacks to transfer if they get a school and realize they're not, they're going to have to sit for a couple years. With Ian Book having two more years of eligibility, any chance Phil Dracovic starts to look around? I think this is a really good question for a year from now. I think, it, I think Dracovic's comfortably in for sophomore year, and he'll right. just sort of see where things go. I mean, if Ian Book goes pro after his fourth year, then it doesn't make any sense for Dracovic to leave because he'll be the starting quarterback. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a he'll be a redshirt freshman next yeah. year, which is which is a, you know a completely different situation. And I think we said didn't we say it on the last podcast? I mean, Ian Book's not going to be here in twenty twenty one. Not unless it's for not a good reason. Or twenty twenty. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, twenty twenty. Ian Book has anything like the year he had this year. He is definitely going to try to go pro next year. That is, I don't know how anyone would think he wouldn't yeah. try it. And we already strongly suspect that he was inquiring. I think he was already not to go, but not to, to call, find, but to just to standing. see where. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I missed that when I wrote the story the first time. Yeah, um, I can't imagine Ian Book didn't. Check yeah, it out. I, uh, Pete, a year from now, I think that that's probably the best way to frame that that uh, yeah and response. I, you know, I, I think one of the things that's important to that is does Phil Jakovic like being at Notre Dame? And I can say unequivocally the answer is yes. Like he's enjoyed his first season here, even though he's barely seen the field. And I think Phil Jakovic won't, if he's what we think, we will be having this question about somebody else in the future. And why would he be taking his fifth year? Because good ones don't. He won't. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it's no. just, you, you got to have a little, the if only, you have a little patience, it usually pays off for you unless they recruit Trevor Lawrence and then it doesn't help yeah. at it's all. A, it's, it would have to be a Ron Paulus situation. Yeah, he got hurt. And he came or back. a uh, Rex Fluger situation that he I don't think is ultimately going to come back for a fifth year but that's another story and we'll move on to dip 98 understanding who's going to be at Jacksonville tonight Notre Dame Jacksonville uh, uh, dip 98 understanding the defensive alignment don't always line up in the same spot which Indy O-line versus Clemson D-lineman 
uh, matchup most favors Clemson? Is it Lawrence versus Mustafer? Which matchup most favors Notre Dame? We and we have talked about this a little bit as well. I mean, from what I've watched, like I get the sense that Wilkins is on Kramer and then Lawrence is on Banks. I think they move they move around. Um, I think they move. I think they move around. That they're both called defensive tackles, and I mm-hmm. think there's some flexibility as to where they allow them. Allow them. Generally speaking, though, I think Mustafer is helping the guy who's on Wilkins. That's it, that's how I would exactly, answer this question. Exactly, Tim. I don't want to see anybody on Wilkins. <laughs> well, he's, but he's the one guy that Notre Dame does not want to see on Wilkins is Tommy Kramer. At least not without help. Now. He needs help. Well, he's got to have help, and so then Banks has to be. Yeah. He's got to be able to handle the 350-pound How about uh, Farrell on the outside, lined up to the field on third and nine? That's that's concerning, too. I'd rather have, I think I'd rather have Hainsey, yeah. Hainsey in an in a in a, in a obvious pass situation, pass set, than Eikenberg against Farrell's speed. Yeah, and I don't, think, I don't think they flip their ends. I could be wrong, actually, on the tackles there. I, I didn't really take close note of that every snap. But um yeah, that's a that's that's a tough matchup too. I mean it's a everybody matches up. It's a tough matchup for everybody that goes against Clemson yeah, D. I mean this is the one all year long when if you had to default to a pick, you just thought to yourself, Nordim has the best unit on the field out of every unit on the field, and it's the defensive line, and that's not the way it is in this game. Yeah. And the matchup that I like the most and I've said this is is uh Kareem against uh Ankrum. Yeah. Their right tackle. I, I I said something to I mean, I, Kareem about get, that, and he, I don't know, he kind of gave me a goofy look, yeah, so I think he might like gonna, it too. If you can get, I mean, you know, Notre Dame Tillery's going to move to the field side. If, if you can get, well, if you get third down, I like Kareem against, is it Cervenka and Tillery? I mean, I like them both against the right guard. That's mm-hmm. The left oh, side of Clemson's yeah, yeah. no, line true, is too. better than the right side. And Notre Dame moves to, the, I mean, Notre Dame, look, it'll be Julian Aquara. Against Ankrum when they're on when they're coming from the boundary, if if they don't even flip their ends, you know, yeah. in, uh, in third down situations. I mean, you're, he lines to the boundary. If you, if the right side is on the boundary, that's there's an Julian Aquara coming around. The it's edge. an even better matchup. Um, and Hyatt and Simpson are yeah, Hyatt's, good. Hyatt's really good. good. I, Simpson's good too. I think Pete said last podcast is looking forward to looking at Hyatt against Aquara because it's just two dudes that are really good at what yeah. they do, and that's going to happen sometimes, yeah. too. And if not, it'll be Kareem. Yeah. Also, also, two, also good. two guys. Two yeah. guys are good. That's a fun, that's probably the most fun matchup we have. Yeah. Not JTFL one. Yeah, more. Uh, <laughs> the best individual matchup oh, okay. off the okay. lines. All right, for, I mean, now, was, now that we're away from the lines, yeah, okay. what's the best individual yeah. matchup for Notre Dame on offense and defense? It's, I wrote about one that hasn't been published today. So I'll... I mean, I think that Notre Dame. No, the, you want to say? No, I will. Yeah. The Comet Mac matchup against Clemson's linebackers and safeties. Um, I think that that would be for me Notre Dame offensively where it would be smart to go. Um, geez, Notre Dame's defense against Clemson's offense. I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, you I, like the Julia Love matchup better than anything else, right? That's yeah, I, I don't know what the good matchup is there, other than like some of the line matchups that we talked about in the yeah. previous question. I, I okay, I'd put it this way: I like Nord, I like Notre Dame's chances with their secondary against Clemson's receiving core better than just about anybody else Clemson has faced. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean this is we we can flip it all. I, this is the best team Clemson has faced at almost at most units too. No, there's no doubt about that. And best we, linebackers, we, best defensive linemen, best defensive backs, best quarterback. 
Um, best running yeah, back? Certainly most efficient <laughs> yeah, quarterback. Yeah. I think he's probably the best quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if you go through down the ACC, they, they missed a lot. Not that Miami would affect this for the quarterback, yeah. but... I mean, they didn't play Miami, so that's the yeah. has other defense. I think there. Fink can have a. I think Fink can have a good game in in accordance with what you're saying, people about the tight ends. I think Fink can have can have a good game here too. I agree with you on all those matchups in terms of that. Chip Long's going to help those guys too, but I really think the way he's playing now that Chase Claypool's going to have a very good day. Hmm. All right, we're going to have a shootout then. Sounds like with no, all these. I mean, very good day in, against Clemson is not a very good day against Wake Forest. Yeah. You know, it's, a, well, it's he's not running free, but I think that his. When he is focused, like he has been very briefly recently, that guy's a hard guy to guard. Yeah, man, he is. He's playing hard too, man. I mean, he's he's he really has he maturity wise. He really has come a, a, a long way in a in a short period of time. I got some good stuff from Dell Alexander about him. A story that was a couple of days ago. Um, he's grown, you know, as Brian Kelly has said. At Garrett Presley, one. If there is a surprise impact player for the Irish against Clemson, who do you think it will be? And I. Surprises, I mean, not for us because we cover the team. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, surprise. You know, I don't think either one of us or any of us is going to say Lawrence Keys or somebody like that. So I mean, it's somebody that's been in the mix that maybe hasn't had a prominent role. I guess Cole Komet is my guy. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I guess my guy is well, Claypool because I, I think he's gonna have a good. And game. I would say Jafar Armstrong because I think he's completely healthy and I think there is a complete. There's a whole section of Chip Long's playbook with two backs. That's barely been touched upon, and this is a really, really good time to to pull that stuff out. Someone pull, someone listening, pull an August podcast because somebody asked us for the surprise player this year, and I absolutely promise you that I said Claypool, you said Komet, and you said Armstrong, and you guys devalued my Claypool because it's not surprising. I ah. guarantee you that was on a podcast this year, and now we're doing it again for the bowl games. Well, so. I guess we're, we're, we're and st- I could be devalued again because Claypool st- had a good year. Uh, CMU Penns fan, does Ian Book have to outperform Trevor Lawrence for Notre Dame to pull off this victory, or will the bigger matchup be how the Irish D contains what is thrown at them? I mean, I think those those are the same question. Ian, Ian Book has to outperform Trevor Lawrence, and part of the reason that will happen is because Trevor Lawrence gets bottled up or confused or sacked or picked off by Notre Dame's Well, and I also think uh, that there's a greater likelihood that Clemson runs the football better than Notre Dame does, so that means that Ian Book does have to outplay Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. In every way, the answer is yes to the first question. Ian Book has to be better than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He, there's no chance if he's not better than Trevor Lawrence. Ian Book has to have a great day. They aren't running. Or if a there's, lot. I mean, if if they if they break, if Nordin breaks a 35, 45, and fifty five yard run, then I guess you've gotten all the running game that you probably need. Yeah, and then the other twenty five carries gains right. zero. You're saying right. no, exactly. I'm with you. No, I, exactly. I'm with you on that. I, I think, and that's a again, that's where Chip Long has to. He's got to be really, really good. He's got to be at his best. I'm not exaggerating. I think there's if they do those three things, I think there's a chance their other twenty five carries gain twenty six yards. I agree with that. Threat level midnight 44. Clemson has playoff experience, but never in Jerry's world, and Trevor Lawrence has not experienced the playoff. Between Lawrence and Nordame's Ian Book, who do you think is better prepared to stay calm and confident and not be overwhelmed by the experience? Ian Book, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's part I of the I don't know game. how to answer that question. I, I think the guy that's more overwhelmed is the one that has the pass rush on him the most. Yeah, no, and I'm not being sarcastic. I just think that they're neither one of them. Book, if he book has time, he's in rhythm. He's gonna. He doesn't care what he's playing. Trevor Lawrence. I think this is Trevor Lawrence's first big situation. If he has time, he's gonna be great. If Trevor Lawrence has time, Notre Dame cannot win the game. So the only way to fluster 
Trevor Lawrence is to hit him, and then I think he'll be flustered. I really do think you can do it, but you've got to hit him. He's not going to go in there and think, this is a huge game, and now I have to throw better than I normally do. I mean, he's just... It's it's all pressure on your uh, by the defense, not not what they feel. I think they're not. I don't think there's a choker out of the two of them. Is what I'm saying. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's a choker. There might be somebody though that's be- they. You know, Trevor Lawrence has kind of been conditioned to be a star standout starter from day one. I, I don't I don't know his demeanor, so I don't know. Uh, Ian, Ian Book is it's just it, like. Some- Calm, all calm. Time. No, I know, but Ian yeah. Book has admitted on a couple occasions that yeah, I'm you know I'm always a little bit nervous right at the beginning yeah. of the game, and then it goes Sorry. away. But <laughs> they don't score the first drive often with Ian Book, ironically. Yeah, <laughs> it's an yeah. interesting thing. I don't know Consider that that Wimbush has a lot to do with. I know that's really crazy because you know Ian Book is as prepared yeah. as anybody to succeed. Well, maybe he's a little nervous. He, maybe he's a little bit nervous. So yeah. I guess I kind of leaning towards Lawrence a little bit. I didn't answer that Don't question. Don't you think that both quarterbacks, if they have time, are going to have a great Yeah, day? no, absolutely. Abso- absolutely. No doubt about it. They're both, I mean, Lawrence is a five, legit five-star, and Book has proven if you give him time, he's going to throw for 300-plus yards. <laughs> no, so, and not miss any throws. Right, yeah. and yeah, maybe a, 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 a deep ball, ball overthrow yeah. here and there. All right, last question from Irish Gambler. Notre Dame scores a touchdown with four seconds left of the game and is down by one point. I don't know. Will they go for two? First of all, the first sentence, just sign me up for that situation. Oh, I hear you. I mean. I hear you. Hell yeah. So you would take, <laughs> would be, you would take, the, take, you would take a either, missed two-point conversion. You have to go for it. So you would, right now you would take a missed two-point conversion right. to, to lose the game by one. No, I just want the situation. I got you. I don't, I don't take the loss. It's better to, <laughs> I'm saying that I want to see a game You where, said sign me up. Sign me up for a one-play game. Oh, okay. I want to see a game come down to the final play here. Okay, I got you. I mean, is is the score 45-44 or is the score 17-16? That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You I think know, that makes that, a difference. That's, that's if it's 45-44, he goes for, it's a, for two. Yeah, let's say it's a realistic 30-29. I would kick it. Yeah. I would just kick it. You're too angst-ridden right now. No, there's just, I've, just seen, I've just seen too many things that go wrong on two-point yeah, conversion. And, 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 and at that point, are you yeah. betting on who's going to be the more creative offensive coordinator with the game on the line? You know what? I'm with Pete. You can't run it in. So you have to throw you have it in. to throw it. So I'm with him. You can't run it in from the goal line, at the, from the two-yard line on one play. You can't guess. Oh, no. We're no, going no. to gash them. You mean here. like you did when you played Clemson three <laughs> right, years ago? Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that, not that play either. Yeah, so I. I uh, oh, let me flip it. What would you rather see covering Notre Dame, or as a Notre Dame fan listening, Notre Dame defending that play or going for it? Up one defending the play or down one going for it? I, th- I mean, I, I would feel the same way if this was a Clemson podcast. Yeah. I would kick it. Because. Could you run it on Notre Dame? More likely than you could run yeah. it on Clemson. But yeah. I Notre Dame's defense is is pretty salty, so I don't I wouldn't, yeah, but I wouldn't bank on you converting that. Clemson's defense in the red zone is is better. Is better. If only it could come down to It'd this, it would be it would be a good day. Okay. Kick it though, free football. More yeah, football. Be a rare, no, I agree. Rare no, I agree. Where we would be all in favor of overtime because the game is not at eight p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's right. All right, we are, are we are uh, we're done for a week. We're not going to have another podcast until a week from today on Thursday, and we we are planning to have a Thursday podcast, Friday podcast, with Thursday probably being more. Well, we don't have to tie ourselves to that. I mean, what what we've what's been going on yeah. down there. I, although, actually, I'll only be the be 
I'll have an opportunity to talk to both coordinators on the 26 people too. Um, so, you know, and we do want, and we, yeah, and we do want to, um, we do want to include a Clemson insider. Yeah. We said, did we publicly say that? We did. Did we say it was going to be Anna Hickey? You just did. Okay. Uh, Anna Hickey, former, uh, former, uh, uh, Employee of twenty four seven, still is, still is, still <laughs> a, of of yeah. rival. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. Irish illustrator. She used yes. to cover Notre Dame. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Used to cover Notre Dame. Now co- covers Clemson. Went to Clemson, and a lot of people think that she hates Notre Dame. And, <laughs> and we'll we'll yeah, she's tr- now, we'll try to we'll, yeah we'll try yeah she does with so, her with her Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be good. That'd be good. It'd be good insight going back and forth talking about Notre Dame Clemson. So that's it for today. Thanks everybody. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.